welcome to another Win Daily Show. My name is Michael Raziel. I got my man, Sienna Jai, with me. And we have a special guest today. We have Brandon from Deep Dive Fantasy Football. Brandon, how you doing today, brother? Good, man. How are you? Happy to be on. Man, it is a good day to be alive. Sia, how are you today? I'm really good, man. You know, NFL season feels like it's in full swing at this point. I mean, I know weird? it's kind of not. It's only like week one or kind of week two, but... I'm super excited, man. We got football tomorrow and then Sunday and then Monday and college football is coming back too. I mean, at least most of the conferences are coming back uh, beyond what's already back. So that's that's kind of awesome. Yeah, it's weird. Big Ten's back in case anyone was wondering. Um, hey, turns out money's important. So here we are. We're back. <laughs> so that's all that really matters. I was kind of hoping they would hold out. I hate Ohio State so much. I would rather the Big Ten not play just so they can't <laughs> win the championship because I think they're one of the best teams every year. But that's another thing. We are here. It is the Wind Daily Sports Betting Lines Show. Don't know if we're rolling with that name. We'll probably conjure up a couple good ones during the week, but that's what we're rolling with right now. We're here to help. We're here to. We're going to go through every game. We have Sia here, obviously. We know he makes a lot of good bets. We have our good man Brandon here as well. He's going to give us some bets, a little couple DFS plays. It's going to be a fun time. We're here to have a good time, and we're here to make a lot of money. So, <laughs> let's start it off. Uh, obviously, tonight is Wednesday. If you're watching the live stream, if you are then listening to the podcast, it's most likely Thursday morning, which means we have the incredible battle for Ohio. We have the Cincinnati Bengals at the Cleveland Browns. It looks like Cleveland is currently favored by about six. And the over under, it looks like consensus is about 43 and a half. Uh, Both of these teams looked bad last week. The Bengals looked a little bit better, but we're facing a much, much lesser opponent. See, I'll start with you. How do you feel about this line of six points? It looks little weird to me, honestly. Yeah, I think it's a lot of points, personally. Um, I think, you know, I'm, I'm curious to hear Brendan's uh, take on this, because I know, you know, just kind of knowing you, Brendan, that there's a lot of the Cincinnati guys that you tend to like. Or at least, I mean, mm-hmm. that's my thought from some of the posts you've had on Twitter. Um, I just think plus six against a Browns team that looks, you know, pretty bad. I mean, I, I don't think Baker's made any improvements. I understand we have a one-week sample size so far, but, you know, I, I, six, uh, you know, Cincinnati played pretty well last week uh, they probably should have beat the Chargers. i thought the Chargers were just flat out terrible um i think this is like a four point three point game i could see cincinnati winning it outright to be honest with you i don't expect it but i could actually see that happening and so if i'm getting six points for a team that i think has a you know 25 to 35 percent chance of winning i'll probably just take the points or we can go to william hill and get that plus 220 that's always fun too brandon how do you feel about this game in terms of uh, uh maybe betting Tell me which, where, you're, where you're leaning, and then obviously with the, the DFS side as well. I'm completely on the same page as you guys, actually. I think that the Browns being favored by six is too much. They, I mean, I know they struggled a lot versus the Ravens, and the Ravens are a much more difficult opponent, but Burrow actually almost did something amazing. If his kicker just made that field goal, his first game ever, not even no preseason snaps, nothing, his first game ever, he would have led his team down in a two-minute drill and put them into overtime and had a chance to seal it. So I'm actually... With UC, I could see them for sure winning the the Bengals beating the Browns. I wouldn't bet on it either, but I think it's going to be closer than six points too. So I'm on that side for sure. Yeah, a hundred percent. We're all in agreement. Uh, I want Baker to be so good. Uh, obviously, being Me a Giants too. fan, I still have love for Odell. Um, you know whether or not his his sexual fantasies I agree with or not but I I, I mean I love it uh I I think plus six I think it's pretty easy especially with a Thursday night game I don't think we're gonna hit the over either so unless the 
Browns score like 21 points and the Bengals don't score any. I, I find it very hard to believe that this this game is going to um, do anything too much. I think it's going to be kind of boring. Uh, I do think we're going to have a lot of Nick Chubb. I'm very excited for that. And I guess, Brandon, we'll, we'll go with there too. How do you feel about this running back tandem? Because I don't think we can really trust anybody in the passing game on the Brown side, at least. So I agree with you with, in terms of the passing game. I'm staying away. I wouldn't be surprised if Odo has a, a bounce back game just because of how many targets he got, but I am going to stay away from that. When it comes to the running backs, I'm kind of like down the middle, honestly, because Nick Chubb is the better runner, but Hunt is the better receiver. And a lot of people were like on Chubb this season because of he got all the red zone work last year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they assumed it would be the same. But I was always saying, you know, Stefanski, he might prefer using Kareem Hunt in the red zone. He might do him 50-50. We don't know how that's going to work out. Last week, Kareem Hunt got a lot of red zone work. Maybe people say it's because game script, but maybe he just likes having a receiving threat in the red zone. So I'm kind of thinking that they're both going to have a pretty similar day. One's, you know, Chubb's going to dominate the rushing. Kareem Hunt's going to catch up and receiving i think they're both going to be good i don't mind playing either of them um but yeah that that's basically what i have on the browns running backs and how about on the the bangle side so i'm a little bit worried about mixon um i love him i actually have him playing in like 40 percent of my money leagues um on thursday so obviously i hope he does better than what i'm expecting but it's a tough run defense i mean they even did decent the browns d-line versus the ravens last week and um and when it comes to Tyler Boyd and Joe Burrow, I actually like that stack. Um, if you're playing like in a like Thursday only and you're building your roster, if you could put Burrow and Boyd together, I like it a lot. He was shut down by Chris Harris until the end of the game once it was clutch time. Once it was clutch time, Joe Burrow was going to Tyler Boyd all the time. I've been super high on Burrow. He was actually, this is such a hot take, but he was inside my top 12 for the season. Um, and so I think he's going to have a huge bounce back. I didn't expect him to do good versus Chris Harris last week. But, yeah, this is going to be the game that we're going to see both of these teams, and we're going to learn a lot more about them. And I think Tyler Boyd and A.J. Green might be a a decent play, too, but it's going to be tougher with Denzel Ward out there on him. Yeah, A.J. Green, I think, had nine or ten targets uh, last week, which was pretty impressive um, for a lot of the people that that grabbed him late. Again, didn't do too, too much. That touchdown would have been nice. Yes, it was a push-off, but no, I still wanted to see Joe Burrow win the game. So it is what it is, but it is uh, uh, still a lot of fun. So let's move on. See, uh, this is going to be a lot of fun, and and you're going to have to explain it to me, maybe you too, Brandon. The L.A. Rams going to Philadelphia. Yes, it's a West Coast team going on the East Coast. It's a one o'clock game. It's weird. But what the hell are the Rams doing? In most places, it's a pick'em game currently. Or you can actually, I'm seeing it all over the place, either minus one Philadelphia, plus one L.A. And there's places you can get plus one Philadelphia, minus one L.A. Very confusing. I don't understand it. See, after what we just saw from that offensive line and then what Aaron Donald did to the Cowboys offensive line, which again isn't what it was from a few years ago, still pretty damn good. What am I missing here? Yeah, so I don't know what you're missing because I like the Rams quite a bit. Listen, I, do I don't, I don't want to be plagued by recency bias too much because it, we really only have a one-week sample size. But the Philadelphia right tackle and the Philadelphia right guard are not coming back. Like that offensive line is bad, and and don't get me wrong, the the Washington defensive line is better than the Rams defensive line as a whole. I mean, if you take the front seven, they're better than the Rams front seven as a whole. The back end where Washington is pretty much terrible. But so Wentz will have a slightly easier time, but you know, he's still kind of down a couple targets. You know, Rieger's still kind of getting acclimated. I don't think Deshaun is is much of a threat at 33 years old at this point. You know, Ward isn't much of a threat outside of a possession receiver. And Miles Sanders being reintegrated into the the game, which he probably will be uh, this week, 
I don't think that's enough of an edge to beat a Rams team that like, let's, let's be like Sean McVay is a very good coach. I just think the Rams are going to be clicking on offense way more than the Philadelphia Eagles will be clicking on offense. So I'm, I'm all, I'm, again, I, this isn't, so, you, you know, the way we do it at Wind Daily, Brandon, just so you know, so we do this show. And then as the week goes, we kind of kind of narrow the field mm-hmm. a little bit in terms of picks we like. And for mm-hmm. our subscribers, for example, like, you know, we'll kind of let them in in our Discord chat, like what, you know, we narrow it down to a few games and because, you know, new information becomes available of or course. a different analysis, you know, whatever. So right now, this isn't one of my like top three bets because the line is so strange to me mm-hmm. that I feel like, you know, maybe this is a little little bit of a setup, but it's definitely in my top five as of right now. We're trying to get got. Vegas knows more than me. Um, and when we see weird lines like this, you're usually supposed to steer right into them and take that Philadelphia pick them. Or if you're really feeling it, take it plus one. But it's still very confusing to me. Brandon, how do you feel about this game from a betting perspective and then from that DFS side? So I'm definitely in agreement with you guys that I think the Rams are going to win this game. But I do understand why Vegas has their line the way they do. Um, a lot of times when it comes down to two teams that are both well coached and both have like a decent amount of talent, I feel like if one team has a clearly better quarterback, which Wentz may not have looked at it week one, um, looked like it week one, but I would definitely say Wentz is the far superior quarterback between him and Goff. So I think that's probably what evens out the line a little bit, um, just you know putting your chips on the side of the better quarterback. But I would lean the Rams for sure, especially because the Eagles are depleted. They've gotten so many injuries already. Um, it's kind of ridiculous, honestly. Um, and then in terms of DFS, I mean, I didn't have any guys that really stood out to me too much to kind of recommend as like a start of the week or mm-hmm. a sit of the week. So I'm going to kind of just pull back on the uh, DFS side for this game. So I, I have a I have a follow up to that because, you know, this uh, Michael and Brandon, you guys know this. So on the waiver wire this week, you know, Malcolm Brown was a very popular candidate among among, you know, Naheem Hines and some of those other guys uh, at running back. And, uh, you know, I. A lot of people were really spending up on Malcolm Brown. And the way I see this running back, this backfield in like two weeks, for example, I see it being, if we're going percentages, I see it being like Cam Akers at like 50-ish percent. And then maybe even Darrell Henderson jumps Malcolm Brown. But I don't see Malcolm Brown getting anything close to a 50% share. Honestly, I think it'd be closer to like 35, 40 as week three on goes. What's your opinion on that, Brandon, specifically in terms of Malcolm Brown's value, not this week, but maybe in like two weeks? Yeah, so there's two routes to like to the way that I can see Malcolm Brown being the main guy all season. Both of them are super unlikely. One of them is Cam Akers is not nearly as good as everyone thought, which I don't think is the case. I think he just, you know, whether, whether he had the jitters or he's overthinking things, he doesn't know the playbook as good as he should yet whatever the case may be he's a better running back than Malcolm Brown they drafted him for a reason it was their Mm -hmm. first pick in the second round which is pretty high and especially for a running back so I don't think that Cam Akers are going to be worse the only other way is if the Rams are super good and Malcolm Brown continues to outperform and I don't think the Rams are going to be like one of the best teams so they're going to want to get you know their rookies out there they kind of force fed him last week I think it's going to continue so I'm with you uh Malcolm Brown for the long term that's a no for me but if you need a plug and play running back Right now, if you lost James Conner or something like that, I don't mind, you know, picking him up and putting him into your your seasonal lineups. But for DFS, I'm not touching him. Hand up. I already lost James Conner. I can't say I'm surprised, though. I'm just surprised it only took yeah. a quarter and a half this year instead of like, you know, five quarters. But yeah, I, I agree. I don't think Malcolm Brown's going to be there for too long. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, he scored two touchdowns on the first game of last year. Um, yes, he did. And that is when everyone freaked out about Todd Gurley. I picked up Malcolm Brown as quickly as I could, and he pretty much did nothing the rest of the year. So let's wait and see on that one. So I do like the take there. So again, weird line, though. You can get it pretty much any way you want it. 
pick them plus one, minus one to either side. And that's, it scares me. It definitely scares me. I'm curious to see how it moves. Moving on to the next game, we have the Carolina Teddy Bridgewaters up against the Tampa Brady's. Tampa Bay is currently favored by nine. You can get that up to nine and a half in Carolina. Plus nine, you can get that, obviously, to nine and a half as well. If you really want to get freaky with it, you can get Carolina plus 324. Uh, Over-under is 47 and a half. Sia, Tom Brady didn't look great, but it was against one of the best teams in the NFC. I think we can all agree about that. Ten, uh, Carolina looked pretty bad against a bad Raiders team. Do you think this nine and a half line makes sense? Well, first of all, the Raiders team might not be as bad as everybody thinks, but I have to kick this one to Brandon because he's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. So I actually want to hear his thoughts on this one first. Yeah, so it's funny. I was actually going through um, lines with my friend last night and we got to this game and I was baffled that the Bucs are favored by nine and a half. I honestly thought that was ridiculous. I mean, I'm a Bucs fan, so you'd expect me to be like, oh, we got nine and a half in the bag. Um, Not really. I mean... I think we're going to win for sure because it's going to come down to the defense and the Bucks have a good young defense as long as they can just clean up some penalties. I think they'll definitely get the win. But Tom Brady, I almost said Tampa Brady. You got that in my head now. Got him. Tom Brady, uh, <laughs> he's still learning the offense. And it was clear that that was the case. And, you know, whether it's the receiver's fault that they're not on the same page or his fault, whatever the case may be, he hasn't learned it fully yet. And so this offense is not an offense that should scare anybody. And I think the fact that it's going to come down to the defense means it's going to be a closer game than I would like it to be as a Bucks fan. So I would take the uh, the Panthers side in terms of the Bucks being favored that much. I would take the points too. See, how about you? Yeah, I'd take the points. This one's a stay away game for me only because if if the Bucks do get up big, I almost said the Pats because it's just so weird to <laughs> think of Tom Brady. But, you know, this is one of those – Tom Brady had a pretty pedestrian, if not bad, game last week. So he's the type of guy that, like, obviously wants to prove everybody wrong as, as immediately as possible. So I could totally see him, you know, trying to trying to kind of put it on, you know, you know, I, in terms of, like, just stacking touchdowns. But – you know, Godwin might not play in this game. Mm-hmm. And so you have Evans who has like a lingering hamstring issue. You know, Gronk is a pretty much a, a nothing in, in terms of net value at this point. If anything, O.J. Howard would be kind of like the sneaky DFS play, in my opinion. And then, of mm-hmm. course, if Godwin is out, you've got you know, your Scotty Miller angle. Or if you really want to punt, you've got your Justin Watson angle. Um, actually, I do want to hear your thoughts on um, Scotty Miller in terms of like maybe a sneaky DFS play or even a year-long play like in a, you know, a, a third slot at wide receiver or a flex spot. Before I get there, though, we, we do have some comments. Omar comes in. He Go says, Baker's a bum. So that's obvious. So thank you for that. <laughs> I totally agree. But m- maybe more interesting it, from a DFS standpoint, Isaiah chimed in with the golf cup wood stack is pretty cheap on DK against a pretty bad secondary. So I was going to say that I do like Cooper Cup to sort of bounce back. I think Robert Woods is always going to get the targets. The knock on him has always been he doesn't get in the end zone very much, mm. especially last year, and Cup always did. But I really think Cup is going to have – I like Robert Woods season-long over uh, Cooper Cup, but considering how bad of a game Cup had last week, I think most people will kind of go towards the Robert Woods angle. So I do like Cooper Cup in a stack with uh, Jared Goff and kind of whoever you, you, whoever else you want to stack that with. Um, and then we got – some other stuff too, but we, we can wait on the, the rest of the comments, but I, I agree with you guys on the game. I, I think it'll probably play a little bit closer than the, uh, the spread indicates. Yeah. Nine and a half is weird. I, I agree with both of you. I'd probably take the points on that one. We'll see how the week goes. Uh, not sure I'd want to take that nine and a half uh, yet with Carolina. Cause as uh, thank you again, Isaiah, uh, Chris Goblin is in concussion protocol. Mike Evans got one ball caught one ball last week. Uh, Rob Gronkowski looked bad i'm pretty sure i only saw him on the field like twice 
Um, you're, you're shaking your head a little bit, Brandon. Yeah. I, you, you, I don't know. You didn't do anything for me. I don't know. Where so was the two things for me was, okay, Mike Evans, I know he only got one ball, but the thing is he had a huge impact. Obviously, I watched every snap. He had a huge impact on the game. He pulled in almost maybe even a little bit over 70 yards in pass interference calls. And, I mean, if Lattimore wasn't just all over him, mm-hmm. he would have had a pretty good day because um, they were you know, balls on target that he was going to get. And uh, when it comes to Gronk, and I'm actually really happy with the coaching decision from the Bucks. I feel like he was just, I mean, it seemed like he was always on the line blocking. He didn't go out for nearly as many routes as some people probably hoped, but I think that's the right way to play him right now, especially because OJ Howard is, if not a better receiver, he's very close to the receiver that Gronk is. He's definitely more athletic. And Gronk is somebody that when you're putting him next to Tristan Wirfs, which is where he was a lot last year or last week versus Cam Jordan, that's really going to help the Bucks offense. So he was actually on the line a lot. I think that's why he didn't have that great of a That's fair. Yeah, that makes That's sense, some... considering the defensive line for the New Orleans Saints is slightly better than the Carolina Panthers. So maybe that is where that number comes in a little bit more. See ya? This is why we bring deep dive fantasy football mm-hmm. on the show, by the way. Thank you, Brandon, for that. And I, I do want to say one thing, you know, for the Leonard Fournette truthers out there, like I think this is Rojo's backfield. I mean, I, I actually I'm not even so sure that Rojo isn't the more talented running back if you're talking yes. about running and catching. Uh, and blocking, by the way, because Fournette was terrible in pass blocking last yes, year. Yes, he was. A lot of people didn't realize it. Exactly. Yeah, so again, you're, you're comparing Leonard Fournette to Ronald Jones, who is still bad. So saying Ronald Jones is better than Leonard Fournette doesn't no mean, that doesn't I, mean anything. But I no, but well, it does. It does because in year long fantasy, people were drafting Fournette way ahead of Rojo in the last week of of drafts. In fact, mm-hmm. I told a friend of mine, his name is Danny. Well, we'll call him Danny because that's his name. That's, that's his and name, right? <laughs> and he was in a keeper league, and I told him to keep Rojo in the tenth. And some of his friends texted him and they were like, what are you doing for Nets on that team? And I'm like, what the hell are you talking yeah, about? He gets Rojo mean. in the 10th. It's like low risk, high reward. So, exactly. no, I think we're, I mean, I, I know in my year long fantasy leagues where I actually have Rojo, I'm absolutely starting. I mean, this is such a plus matchup. For yes, me. he's in my so, he's in my DFS place for this week, for sure. A hundred percent, especially especially with the receiver core banged up. I mean, I think Rojo could get a ton of run here. No pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you also call him Rojo a lot. It's like you guys are like best friends or something. I think that's pretty great. <laughs> that's um, also right. what everybody calls him, Michael. <laughs> yeah, Do you even watch real. football, bro? <laughs> that's because it's his name, right? Um, all right, so let us move on to the next game. We have the Denver Broncos going to the Pittsburgh Steelers. We have Pittsburgh favored by about seven and a half in most places, and you can get the line at 41 and a half. I guess Vegas does not think there's going to be too much scoring in this game. See, uh, looking at what the uh, Steelers did against a bad Giants secondary and really just Giants team last week, uh, only a couple days ago now, and then what the uh, Broncos did against a slightly better Tennessee team. I- I'm interested. They probably should have lost that game. It didn't need to go down the way it is. How do you feel about this seven and a half point line? By the way, Goskowski got to keep his job. I mean, what yeah, the hell? I am 100% sure, and I've kicked field goals before. I am 100% sure I could have kicked better than Dostkowski <laughs> on Monday night. I'm 100% sure. I honestly had well, zero not a, idea. I, I didn't play were... like in high school. I've just, I've been on a field. Oh. I've kicked the ball, and I know I can kick better than Dostkowski. Okay. okay. That's my hot take for the day. Yeah. Very hot. Very hot there. Okay. All right. The, the point is, I, I like the Steelers here. Um, the Broncos are just too banged up. Their offensive, they came into Monday night banged up as it was, not just Cortland Sutton. Their offensive line is like kind of in shambles. They've had injuries. Obviously, Von Miller is hurt. And the Steelers, Michael, you know this from our shows on Sirius and, and otherwise, 
we touted the Steelers as actually like a Super Bowl, a sneaky Super Bowl pick because back in like May, June, they were 28 to one. So I, I just think that, by the way, this is a perfect game to tease. If you're into mm-hmm. teasing games, you know, the Steelers are playing at home. There's not much of a home field advantage these days for obvious reasons, but, you know, teasing the Steelers with like the Kansas City Chiefs, for example. I mean, you're getting under three on both of those. And I, I, I hate to say the word lock, but I, I think we're pretty, we're approaching the word lock with a tease like that. Oh, got to love that word lock right there. Also, we have a couple people in the chat. Um, someone says, see, approve it. So I think we got content, guys. I think we oh, got content. I want to see. Did I just create content. content on purpose? We got accident? some content. Um, yeah, I think you did. I think that's the point. We should have a bet to see. No, I'm getting too far. Okay, hold myself. on. I'm okay. No, no, so no, no, Brandon, no, 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 no. Brandon, I want your take on this game. But but how okay. far a field goal do I need to kick? Like 35. 20, like 30 yards. Is that uh, fair? Extra point. What's an extra point? 33, 32, 35? 33. Something like that? 33. Yeah. Okay, All right, we'll point. try to kick a 33. We'll line it up. Actually, Chris Cody, hashtag Chris Cody at Where ESPN. Where is Chris Cody? Uh, he, he might be watching tonight. Um, he, he knows about the show. But uh, he, Brandon, I don't know if you know, we're, we're, we're buddies with Chris Cody. And we yeah, have we're some fun things that friends. we had to do in the past. Um, Chris Cody from the Levitard Show. So he actually did this exact challenge. And so he knows the field to go to, where the, the markers are. So I'm actually going to get Chris involved here. And I'm going to kick a 33-yard field goal. It's going to go right through the uprights. And it's going to be on the first try because that's what the video editing will establish. That and there you have it. I love it. There you Creating have content is fun, man. All right, Brandon, sorry about you. There's a lot of inside <laughs> no jokes worries. here that you I have like no it. idea what's going on. But anyway, how do you All feel good. about this seven-and-a-half-point game for the Steelers? Um, I was – so I like the Steelers a lot too, but I was surprised how confident you guys are in the Steelers getting that line. Um, I'm Actually, this is a game I'm staying away from because you have two really good defenses – and two offenses that have question marks. You know, Big Ben, I mean, yeah, he looked good at the end of the game, but he didn't look good in the beginning. Now Connor's out. Snell looks good, but was that just because of the Giants' defense? There's so yes. many questions to me where I could see, you know, it. I could see it hitting the under, which is, like, surprising because of how low the over-under already is. But I could see it hitting the under, and, you know, it could come down to one turnover. And both teams have elite guys on the defensive side of the ball. Granted, the Steelers is a little bit better, but... I mean, you also have Cortland Sutton coming back, and they have some weapons for Drew Locke. So it's kind of a game that I wouldn't be surprised if it comes down to, like, the last play. So it's kind of one that I'm staying away from. And they're going to miss that 33-yard field goal and see it's going to get signed to uh, a position wherever it is Boom. in the NFL. I love it. I, I, will, I will say this. Snell is not a very effective running back. He looked effective against the Giants' defensive line that was basically getting pushed off the line, <laughs> like, every single play. Benny yeah. Snell runs a 4-6-6-40. He's just not exactly, like, the guy. He's a guy to fill in. I actually – kind of a sneaky year-long play. I like Anthony McFarland to be active this week, and I actually think he's the better, the best running back on that roster if James Conner is out. So keep an eye on Anthony McFarland, the rookie from uh, Maryland. I like that, and there's uh, a couple comments. Uh, Sia, minus 120 to make. I like that that's line. A, that's confident, Boom. man. That's very confident. Thank you, Ramel. Um, and Isaiah says, if there's a snap, no shot that you make the uh, kick. So you can think you <laughs> oh, hear that's brotherly interesting. love if from there's your, a snap. Yeah. There's a snap. I, I can't be relying on other people for this. I need I know, it like man. teed up. No hey, snaps. I'm just, Somebody I'm just, just reading the book. comments. I'm just here to read the comments. That's all I'm here for. <laughs> I'm just here not to. I don't want to get fined. I'm just here so I don't get fined. So I think it's going to be an interesting game. Uh, in terms of DFS for you guys, Brandon, I'll start with you. Is there any plays that you're interested in this game? Because I'll be honest, with that low of an over under, with that big of a line in one direction, usually Vegas is trying to tell us something like, hey, probably just going to run the ball. Clock's going to go down. Not, not too much is going to happen over here. 
Um, no, I actually have one player to stay away from, and that's mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon. A lot of people are excited for Melvin because, you know, Phil Lindsay might not play. But don't forget that Royce, and, Royce Freeman is back there, and he's a pretty good running back. I think he's better than yep. most people give him credit for. Yeah, I'll be one of the guys that doesn't give him credit. He's bad, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you're going to say he's bad, you could say the same thing about Melvin. If you're that's true. By stats. So, um, no, yeah, just I'm, I'm eyeball sitting tests, I guess, but whatever. <laughs> For the, versus defense, I'm sitting Melvin. You saw how they destroyed Barkley. Yeah. He only produced because of the receiving game. Melvin Gordon's not nearly the receiver the receiver that Barkley is. So I'm staying away from Melvin, and I don't really have any hot starts in this game. Yeah, I don't think there's too much to, to worry about here. Uh, I do have Ben in a couple leagues uh, and paired up with Juju, so that's not too bad. I'm not angry about it. Moving on to the next game, we have the Atlanta Falcons traveling to Jerry Worlds. We're going to get to see how many tickets Jerry sold because it's an undisclosed amount. So if you don't believe that Jerry Jones runs the NFL, you're an idiot. But we have this line at minus four or minus four and a half to Dallas. And then we have this over under at 52 and a half. Let's go, people. Uh, Sia, let's start with you. How do you feel about this four and a half and this 52 and a half? This is fun. This is this is what I'm here for. Uh, first of all, this is a very um, this is going to be a very stack friendly game and yes. a very chalky game. So it's one of those like. You know, you could participate or you could be contrarian, whichever way you want to go. But the cool thing is in this game, there are so many weapons and so many potential targets that you could play the chalky game, but be contrarian with the guys that you pick. Okay, so I I like the Cowboys. I mean, I like the Cowboys minus four and a half. I like them going into the season. I like them to win the NFC East going into the season. Their defense is pretty bad. But you know how I feel about Matt Ryan. I mean, he's only good in garbage time. He is the most average quarterback in NFL history, in my opinion. And I just think the Cowboys coming off a loss are just – Zeke looked really good. All the tar- – like, Amari Cooper didn't have a flashy game, but he caught a ton of balls. His his, his um catch percentage was way up there. I think he caught 8 out of 10 targets. Gallup looked good. CD looked good. You know, obviously Jarwin towards ACL, so that's mm-hmm. terrible. But I think this team is just going to mow Atlanta down. And as much as Atlanta might score – I think it's at least a touchdown game here. Yeah, I, I, I might agree with you there. Brandon, how do you feel about this game? Um, I agree with you in terms of the Cowboys taking that line. I do also side with the over. Um, I know it's a Hell really yeah. high over-under, but I, I'm here for it. I, I want to see, like you said, there's a lot of stacks to go around. Um, I'm leaning, like one of the guys I really like in this game is Michael Gallup. Honestly, if you have any of the five receivers, even Russell Gage, if you want to throw Russell Gage out there, any of the six receivers between these teams – in fantasy and you want to throw them out there two at least two on each team are going to hit and they're going to be well worth their value so i I like michael gallup a lot because amari got a lot of balls gallup didn't get in as involved as i think they wanted him to get and people forget but last year it wasn't amari cooper is the one michael gallup is the two it was one a one b like if you you looked at the pace of targets pace of yards pace of touchdowns everything it was almost neck and neck between the two and i don't see any reason for that to be changing so i like gallup a lot and for the value i think he's going to be much cheaper he is probably much mm-hmm. te- cheaper yeah. than uh, amari cooper so i'm yeah. i'm taking gallup for sure because he could easily have the best game out of all of them name value yeah. out there gallup's line would have looked a lot better uh if he didn't push off jalen ramsey but i'm also yep. here for it because i hate the cowboys so i don't really care that much what do you guys see yeah I, I think people don't realize that and mostly because it was garbage time and because it was russell gage but gage had nine catches on 12 targets for i believe 114 yards and by the way julio had 130 yards i believe and ridley had like 157 so wow i mean it granted uh, like it was a whole second half of garbage time but mm-hmm. gage is one of those guys that that a lot of people might know a little bit, but they're not confident enough and they're probably not looking at the stats to actually put them in a DFS lineup. So again, if you want to try to be contrarian, that's a that's a really good spot to do that. 
I saw a statistic. I don't remember exactly what it was, and I don't remember who I saw it from. So you can pretty much just throw this out the window. But <laughs> since the Muhammad Sanu trade to the Patriots last year, I want to say Russell Gage has had has averaged over six targets a game, if I'm not mistaken. And I think the number is actually nine, but I'm saying six. That way, I can just be it's like, more oh, than look. six. Okay, cool. It's more than six. I saw that statistic. I thought that was very interesting. Matt Ryan's going to throw the ball a lot. Um, Yes, he's average, but they're gonna they're gonna have to throw the ball a lot because their defense is bad. I think the Cowboys' offense is very good, so I think this will be a fun game to stack as well. And everybody, do not forget, uh, Sticks Picks and I will have the podcast coming out Friday that talks about some DFS plays, and then he will be doing the Sunday morning show, eleven a.m., ten a.m. Central, because of course he has to go by Central Time uh, on the YouTube page on the website just to make sure that we're making you guys money all over the place with the most up to date information. So. Let's move on. Another weird game. We have the San Francisco 49ers. Again, 1 o'clock game. I don't know why they keep doing this to these West Coast teams. 1 o'clock game at the Jets. San Francisco is favored by 7, over under of 42.5. Both of these teams are 0-1. I just have to say that, right? Both of these teams are 0-1, and and I think it's interesting. Um, I do want to take one timeout. Uh, no girly takes uh, is one of the comments that we just got. Oh, and I was going to say something. Actually, Royce is hot garbage, so I really do appreciate you there. All right, give me one hot, give me a girly take, and then we'll then we'll move on to the next. Okay, game. I was actually going to say he's somebody you probably don't want to start because, like you were just talking about, Sia, Atlanta finds himself in garbage time a lot, and that's never good for the running back. And also, Dirk Cutter, uh, I actually had one of my writers on my website write an article about Todd Gurley and how he might not get the receiving work we expect. Because a lot of times, Dirk Cutter, when he has a type of back like Gurley, he uses a secondary back for the receiving work. And you actually saw that Brian Hill and Ido Smith last game got just as many targets as Gurley. So don't think that Gurley's going to be pulling in all this receiving work just because they're down, which is usually good for fantasy. He's probably going to just suffer from not getting carries, and they might send the reception somewhere else. So I, Gurley's somebody that I'm really worried about this week. And hey, man, if you have takes, just put your hand up. Let, let me know. Okay. That, that's why you're here, man. That's why you. That's right, why we got you. So don't don't hold back, man. Don't hold back at all. Uh, so there. I hope you got that. So let's go back to this San Francisco Jets game. San Francisco is only favored by seven points, and I say that uh, with a very <laughs> very heavy heart. Uh, Sia, talk to me a little bit. Uh, do the Jets score in this game? I think. Let's start with that. Do the Jets <laughs> score in this game? Yes, because the Niners defense just, A, they didn't show up last week, but Kylo Murray kind of carves them up. It's not the type of quarterback they want to go against, obviously. Um, he did that last year twice to them. Yeah. But, you know, they're also down Richard Sherman. And I just think it's a defense that can get exposed. I mean, I, I don't I actually think the Niners are going to cover. And, and I, I don't want to go with like too many favorites. I think the last few I've gone with the favorite. But I believe me, I have plenty of dogs on the slate that I like as well. But the Jets are so dysfunctional. They have no Lev Bell. I'm not sure how much that's going to matter because Gase doesn't like to use his best people. But, you know, I think you're going to see a lot of Perryman and Crowder in garbage time. But I just believe in Kyle Shanahan. They, they've got three really good running backs. They're down a lot of receivers, but that doesn't seem to matter for Kyle Shanahan offenses. So I just think at the end of four quarters, I think this is, you know, a 10, 12, 13 point game. And and just to talk one second about what you were saying, all these lines seem very big to me, too. I don't know how you guys feel. I've, we've seen multiple games over a touchdown at this point. So if you're feeling some value, grab it now because there's an, a very good opportunity. The, these lines are going to move. That's why we do this on Wednesday, and then do it again on Friday, and then do it again on Sunday because we always need that information. Brandon, how do you feel about this game from a betting and a DFS perspective? So from a betting perspective, I am with you, Sia. I am slamming. I, I think you saw the tweet I sent out earlier. Um, I'm slamming the 49ers at minus seven. I think they're going to cover that easily. And, you know, 
I know that Richard Sherman's out now, but I still don't think that that makes that big of a difference just because of the disparity in talent level on these teams. The Jets' offense sucks, and the 49ers' defense, even if they're missing a couple pieces, is still really good. So I think that they're going to easily win by a touchdown. And when I saw that the Bucks were favored more than the 49ers were, I thought that was ridiculous. So I'm definitely on the 49ers' side. And then when it comes to uh, daily fantasy, there's not really anybody that I like too much in this game. Yeah, unless it, I mean, unless it's Moster, and we don't even know because we saw McKinnon get some carries. Tevin Coleman's, I mean, I know he played, but he didn't really do too much because of obviously with sickle cell and everything. So I think he's going to get a bunch of carries as well. Uh, it's just a weird offense. I really know, don't want any part of it. Debo's not going to be a couple back, and uh, probably Abe's going to be out too. What you got, Sia? Uh, a couple sneaky plays before I get to a comment. I, I do want to address. Um, yeah, Trent like Taylor and Kendrick Bourne could really feast on the, like these are these are low grade receivers as far as you know the DFS atmosphere is concerned i think Trent Taylor and Kendrick Bourne could be really sneaky plays in DFS. I mean, not necessarily in a stack because that game might not be high scoring, but honestly, you never know because of you know how the holes with the um, 49ers offense. But you know, so Eric E Tip 11, just so you know, that's at T uh, E Tip 11. That's Eric Tipton. He actually used to work for Covers.com, and he still does handicapping just kind of for himself. I think it's a site called Charlotte Sports. But I do, you know, when you see a team like the Niners who you think has, you know, have Super Bowl aspirations and you see what the Jets did last week. I think the natural inclination to Joe public is to agree with what we're talking about, what we're saying, the pick we have. And that's not necessarily a place you want to be. So that's why maybe this game, I, I, this might be a game I prefer. And I, again, I don't like recommending teasers because I think they're kind of more suckerish public type bets. But this might be a game where I want to erase the spread and take a money line or, you know, take them minus one with one of the games we previously discussed or the Chiefs, for example, because I do get what Eric is saying here. I mean, wouldn't everybody just assume like, oh, the Jets are like so. You know, but but the counter to that, by the way, would be that I don't think we really realize how bad the bad the Jets yes. are. I, mm-hmm. I don't think they've been fully exposed for how bad they are. Let's let's not forget. Not only is Jamal Adams not there, but they lost some guys to opt outs too on their defense. Some really key pieces. So I think the bottom. You know, we'll see the bottom when Gase gets fired in like three weeks, four weeks, because I think we're headed to an abyss. Yeah, let's play that game over under. Th- Four and a half weeks before Adam. Now I guess I have to put it at three and a half weeks until Adam Gase gets fired. Brandon, quick go. Uh, over. Okay. See ya. I mean, what's what's the juice? Because I see ya. Come on, minus one ten. Uh, whatever. All right. Well, I'll take the over as well. I'm, okay. Right. I'm gonna go week six. I I respect ETIP eleven. Uh, he's done this much longer than I have. But man, Sam Darnold two of eleven for twenty seven yards and a pick. Never a good look. Granted, it's a division game. I know, I know, I know, but... If you're doing some contrarian Niner stack, Chris Herndon on the other side got plenty of targets, and that's going to be a safety net for Sam Darnold, along with Jamison Crowder. This is a sneaky stack game. I know the over-under isn't super high, but that doesn't mean it's going to, you know, it doesn't mean Vegas is right every time, so just consider that. That is true. That is true. Moving on to the next game, we have the Buffalo Bills, Bills Mafia going down to Miami. Pretty sure Miami's allowed to have fans. Not really sure how many they're allowed to have. Buffalo is favored by five and a half over under of 41. See ya. Gotta start with you here. How do you feel about Josh Allen and these Buffalo Bills going down to your Miami? I know you're not a Dolphins fan, but it's your it's your city. You practically own the place. You think you're going to let them come in there and beat your Miami Dolphins by five and a half points? You think I'm going to take a Josh Allen who overthrew a John Brown that was standing basically right next to him yeah. by like a hundred yards. 
Uh, no, I'm not taking that. I'm going to go with an unimpressive looking Dolphins team last week against an overhyped Bills team. I think five and a half is too many points. I think they'll play them close. I'm a little worried about some of the Dolphins injuries. I don't know. If, I'm not 100% yeah, sure Devontae, Devontae Parker, Parker is playing, yeah, not sure but I think Preston Williams steps in nicely. I think Mike Gusecki steps in nicely. I think Jordan Howard needs to sort of go to the bench and let Matt Breida flash a little bit because Howard is just, it's a brutal watch, to be honest with you. And I don't know what they're doing. You know, when he got his touchdown last week, I think it was his eighth carry. And when he got the touchdown, it was a one-yard plunge. He had one touchdown, eight carries, and seven yards. And that is a microcosm of Jordan Howard. Anyway, yeah. Brandon, what do you think? So I'm actually a little bit upset because I keep agreeing with you, Sia. I haven't found something where I'm on the opposite side of you. And, you know, that's what we want. We want that back and forth. But We'll no, find I'm, something. Don't worry. I, <laughs> all right. I completely agree with you. We always have those you know, those stats and the lines and, and all this stuff that we can help use to say, you know, this is probably what's most likely to happen. But then I always am somebody that if my gut is screaming at me, I'm going to go with it. And my gut is saying, this is going to be an ugly game. And I wouldn't be surprised if Miami comes out with a win. So, and I mean, I know it sounds crazy because like the bills are stacked everywhere, but I don't know. There's something about this game. And usually, usually when it comes to Miami, they're one of those teams that will do that to you. They, they would beat the Patriots like, and the Patriots are way better than the Bills. Like, they would do stuff like that every once in a while, and I think this might be the week. So I'm definitely on your side. I think five and a half is way too much. I, I, man, I want to take the Bills. That's like, I just want to, and I love Josh Allen. Sia is not the biggest fan of Josh Allen. For fantasy purposes, dude is great. Uh, for real life yeah, purposes, as we, as we saw, uh, not the best quarterback out there, unfortunately. And if you guys are feeling that money line, you want to put your money where your mouth is, go to William Hill. Plus 205 to the Dolphins. I don't know. It doesn't sound too bad. Sound I, too I will bad say, just to reel it back just a little bit, at least as far as I'm concerned, you know, when we, like the Wind Daily team, like kind of narrows their field down uh, on Sunday, this is probably not going to make my top three mm-hmm. or top five bets. It's just not because the problem is with Ryan Fitzpatrick not looking really great last week, this is the type of game that can get out of hand. And then we see Fitzmagic turn into like what he sometimes turns into, which is an interception machine. Mm-hmm. And that's when the Bills really feast when they can, quote, pin their ears back, which a term I absolutely hate, and, you know, go yeah, after the quarterback and then just create turnovers. Jadavius White just got paid, too. Shout out to him. And your buddy E-Tip11 likes the Finns as well. So I picked up Matt Breida in a couple of leagues. Hopefully that worked out for me. Um, Brandon, DFS plays in any of this? Um, no, but I do want to touch on the comment that Etip just threw up about Breda. It was crazy to me that Breda did not get the carries. Yeah, there it is right there. Uh, that he did not get carries or receiving work. He got no receiving work. And, I mean, Miles Gaskin just came out of nowhere. I would be surprised, especially with how bad Howard was, if Breda is not worked into their you know, lineup and if they don't give him touches this week because he fits them really well, as he said. And honestly, I think he's the, be- the best running back on that team. And they traded a six-rounder. I know it's not that big of a deal, but they paid Howard like $5 million. That's also not a big deal. I think those are pretty equivalent to each other. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's just Gaskin and Breda. And if the coaching staff is really trying to win, I feel like it should be Breda. So mm-hmm. I would hold on to him. I know a lot of people are dropping him. He was somebody I touted all season during the offseason as like a good late round flyer just because of, you know, his efficiency and whatnot. I would just hold him one more week. Hopefully he, yeah. he gets involved. I, I was yeah, the same I mean, way coming still... into this. you know, coming into the season, 381 career carries, five yards per carry. I mean, he's like literally the opposite of Jordan Howard. So, I mean, the, the Dolphins are going to realize that pretty quick and he'll get some run. The Miles Gaskin thing is interesting, though, because I, I wouldn't mm-hmm. have expected that either. 
Washington legend, baby. I think he has the most rushing yards in school history. Uh, dude was nuts in college, obviously. He's kind of small, but we'll see what happens there. And I'm excited for it. We'll see what happens. Uh, I do agree with you. I don't think you should drop Breda unless you have a lot of injury concerns, unless there's a way better running back out there, or once we get to the bye weeks. I think you can definitely hold on to him for a couple more weeks and see what happens there. Uh, moving on, still got a couple more 1 o'clock games. They only gave us three 4 o'clock games again, which I hate when they do that. Give me more, man. I, I, I can handle it. I'm a big boy. I can handle it. So we have Minnesota traveling to Indianapolis. Both teams looked pretty bad last week. Uh, Indianapolis lost the game, didn't punt a single time. Love that statistic. That's always a fun one. Indy is favored by three, and the over-under is 48 and a half. See uh, which one of these teams bounces back this week, because one of them has to, right? Yeah, I mean, it's the Vikings. I don't think this requires much conversation. Come on, Brandon. You have to shake your head every once in a while, dude. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. We'll get to you. We'll get to you. No, listen, I, the, the, the Vikings played a really tough team last week, and they looked okay on offense. Uh, it was their defense that that plagued them, obviously. And I just think Kirk Cousins is a way better quarterback than Phillip Rivers. I, I think they're better than the Colts everywhere, obviously, except for the defense. But if Gardner Minshew can throw – 20 passes and complete 95% of them, then I think Cousins can too. And especially if they establish Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison, if they establish the play action, it's over. Like this is going to be a runaway. So this is one of those mysterious lines where I was almost like, oh, this is this is some sort of trap. But, you know, then again, they both came off losses and Minnesota did kind of look bad. So mm -hmm. I guess I get it. But getting three points, two and a half would have made way more sense, but a full three is um being a key number i, I just uh, i'm surprised that but it doesn't matter i'm taking the vikings yeah i think your mistake in this um an, an equation that you have in your brain is that you think kirk cousins is better than gardner Minshew. i think that's where you went wrong in this i'm pretty confident gardner i like Minshew it he's way better than kirk cousins will ever be in his <laughs> career but anyway brandon how do you feel about this game in this uh, from a dfs perspective as well yeah, so I'll focus on the DFS because, once again, me and C are on the same page in terms of the betting lines. So this is one of the games where I found my stack, a stack that I feel confident in. And that's Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen. Thielen is going to dominate the target share. He's still really the only guy there. Justin Jefferson has not established himself. He hasn't carved out a role. Plus, him and Thielen are both guys that are better in the slot. Thielen's the guy who they're going to go to. So it kind of hurts Jefferson in that department. So, yeah, Thielen and Cousins, I think, are a really good stack. They're not going to be too expensive. And... Like we just talked about, or like you just talked about, see, Minshew torched the secondary. And, I mean, while I do actually agree with Michael, um, I do think Minshew is a little bit better than Kirk Cousins. What? I love Minshew. Um, but, but with that said, um, I think the Vikings are just in a better situation offensively to you know, have an impact against that defense than the Jaguars were. And so I love that stack. And I actually like Paris Campbell on the other side as well, especially with Minnesota having none of their starting cornerbacks from last year. And this is still super early in the season, so that matters a lot. So I like Paris Campbell a lot because of how many targets he got, and he's going to be cheap too. He's going to be very cheap. I think that would be a fun little game stack. And thank you, Brandon. Thank you for that. Gardner Minshew is also just way cooler, so I don't know why Sia is totally. That's why that. you like him better as a quarterback. Yeah, it's he's been great. His, his accuracy is insane. He's like over seventy percent in the NFL over what I think like fourteen or fifteen games. I know it's a small sample size, but he's not messing around. I think Sia is just jealous of the mustache. Uh, that might be it. He's got great <laughs> hair have, too. Got to give him that. We'll, we'll explore that in a different show. Give it a couple weeks, Sia. You'll come around. You'll come around. All right. You have to kick the field goal with a full mustache. That's the new bet. <laughs> Okay, relax. Love it. 
next content bet we do, I'll I'll, yeah. I'll think about. We'll, we'll get the mustache into the next one. Let's 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 figure this first one out. Um, all right, let's move on to the Detroit Lions going to the Green Bay Packers. Uh, the Packers are favored by six in most places. It looks like, and that over under is 49, 49 and a half, depending on where you're looking at it. Obviously, we saw what Aaron Rodgers did to a depleted Minnesota secondary, the Brown secondary. I mean, we saw what guard, uh, what's his face? Mitchell Trubisky did. At least it was in the fourth quarter, but to a very bad Lions team. It was an unfortunate bad beat for Sia because you were touting that one and a half, two and a half line. Then all of a sudden, Kenny Galladay goes out. You still could have hit it because of, you know, DeAndre Swift just dropping a, a bread basket of a touchdown. So it's a double bad beat all around. But I think Aaron Rodgers is in another smash spot to torch the world. I think he's just going to get super high owned because of what happened last week. But see, talk to me a little bit about this line. Who do you think is uh, who's coming out on top? Yeah, I mean, it's it's Green Bay. I still don't understand how Detroit lost to a Mitch Trubisky led yeah. team with, with that big of a lead. Yeah. But I, I don't I really kind of don't know what to say. I think if, if Galladay plays, which I think he might, um, it's going to be a lot closer. It's going to be a closer game maybe than people think. But I, I think the Packers cover. I, I really don't know what to say. That the Packers have a great running game. They they have Devonte Adams, but honestly, I think. And I said this on our our serious show last Saturday night, um, Fantasy Sports Channel, by the way, for anybody who wants to listen to the Win Daily Show. But uh, I kind of like Marcus Valdez Scantling to like as far as like a sneaky DFS play. But my point is, is I think this receiver core is a little bit better than people think. I don't think it's just Devonte Adams, or at least I don't think it has to be just Devonte Adams. I think you're going to see some more MBS, some more Alan Lazard. Um, and Sternberger and some of those guys. And Aaron Jones is going to catch a lot more balls out of the backfield. So I just don't, over four quarters, you know, I like Matt Stafford. I like this Lions team, but it's it's not going to happen for him this week. Yeah, I think Green Bay is much better. And one thing of note, uh, Sticks picks is is he's going to be heavy Aaron Jones this week. Uh, he knows the field is going to be on Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, but he thinks to be contrarian within this game, you could probably pivot to Aaron Jones for a lot less ownership because there's other places people are going to go. Brandon, are you going to agree with Sia again on everything? I actually like the comment that was just made. Um, so Not for me, don't worry. It's from it's from our, it's from Nick. I, I just yeah, what he said. I like smart, the so. comment, Nick. Um, that and I also wanted to say that I agree that Devontae Adams is not doesn't have to be the only guy, but I feel like MBS and Lazard are going to come into play in more games where there's a really good corner that's going to be on Devontae. And right now, the Lions they don't have that, especially with Desmond Trafant and Jeff Okuda probably being out in this game. So I, I think they might just go to Devonte early and often. And if they get a sizable lead, Aaron Jones is going to smash. I actually like Aaron Jones. I like that comment because I mean, Matt LaFleur, I know he let Aaron Rodgers let it lip, let it rip last week, but he's somebody that likes to grind out the ball. He also came from Tennessee where they had a good defense, which the Packers are developing and a good run game, which the Packers have and had last year. And Aaron Rodgers might not throw the ball as much. He might be super efficient and put up a really good game in DFS, and then Aaron Jones might finish it off from like the half all the way to the fourth quarter. So I like Aaron Jones. I think that's a good call. I like that a lot. And uh, E-Tip coming back with the comments, MVS is Terrell Owens. Um, wow. That, that's, that's high praise. I'm not going to say I agree or disagree, but my goodness, that is some high praise right there um let's move on uh, also i think green bay wins i think it's gonna be pretty easy six is a lot but we'll see where that line moves here we go my new york giants up against the chicago bears the one and oh chicago bears uh chicago's favored by five and a half you can get the over under at 42 so they don't really believe in either of these offenses it looks like i'll take this one giants suck they're gonna lose take the bears see ya. how do you feel about it uh michael you're wrong 
The Bears are terrible. Trubisky's terrible. <laughs> and we're talking about quarterback edges. It's night and day between Daniel Jones and Trubisky. As yeah, bad as that defense. Teams or defenses. Yeah, but you mentioned the whole quarterback thing a, a few games ago. Listen, it, defense is right. So what's good for a bad defense? It's an offense that can't expose that bad defense because that offense has Mitch Trubisky as their quarterback. <laughs> We're not going to expect the fourth quarter magic from Trubisky, which really was a, just a Detroit fail overall. So, I mean, I, I think five and a half. I, I don't think the Bears should be favored over any team by five and a half points. Agreed. I think they're going to finish in last place in the NFC North. I've, I've said that before. And, uh, you know, I think the Giants on offense looked actually quite good. If Daniel Jones can get rid of the ball yeah. quick and not get, you know, strip sacked by Khalil Mack or, or some of those other guys on the D-line, they're going to – he's going to pass it all around, in my opinion, as long as he doesn't turn the ball over. Shepard looked good. Slayton looked amazing. Ingram looked terrible. So, you know, I almost like Caden better than I like uh, Ingram at this point. But they still have Barkley. You know, it's a tough matchup for them from a fantasy standpoint. Things get easier for them. Don't worry, you know, Barkley fans. But uh, five and a half is too much. I don't know, man. Giants are bad. Uh, Daniel Jones did have that back-breaking interception, which pretty much ruined the game. 19-play drive on the goal line and just kind of lofted it up to nobody. Yeah, that was horrible. That I, I pretty much shouted. Um, and, and my wife said, why are you yelling? And I said, the Giants suck. <laughs> um, Brandon, how do you feel about this game? So I was hoping Sia was going to agree with you so I could be the one by myself versus the oh, other two people. You but I guess it's you, me, Michael. I'm fine. Yeah, yeah cool. it's going to be you because, yeah, I'm, I, I would never give a five-and-a-half advantage to Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> like, I actually like the Bears coming into the season, but that's because I made the incorrect assumption that they would pick the better quarterback to start, and that would have been Nick Foles. So, yeah, Trubisky, I mean, he's not, he's not somebody I'm ever going to bet on. But one guy would... I mean, I'm hesitant just because of like my history with this person, not like personal history or anything. I was going to say. But, <laughs> but uh, David Montgomery, I think he could be a good start. I hate saying it because I've always been lower on Montgomery than consensus since he came into the league as a rookie. But I think this will be a good matchup. Like we were talking about earlier, we saw how good Snell was. And while I do think Snell is a little bit better than he was last year because it seemed like he dropped some weight, got some more bursts and stuff, I, I think Montgomery, especially like last year, if you just – or I keep saying last year, last week. I can't believe football's back already. Um, <laughs> if you look at uh, Montgomery last week, he was actually pretty good in that matchup, and I think he has a good matchup versus the Giants. I think he might do all right. He might stumble into one or two touchdowns, so I don't mind him for DFS. But uh, with that said, that's pretty much the only person I would start in DFS in this game. Giants are Especially bad, if Tate comes back. I don't think he's going to do too much. Darius Slitting is a fun um, a fun play. Uh, he, we saw what he did last week. I thought that was great. I'm very grateful that the Giants were able to snag him when they did. But, man, this team is just – it is a mess. Um, and, and, oh, the reason why they couldn't start uh, Nick Foles out of the gate was because if you start Nick Foles first, you lose Mitchell Trubisky for the entire year. He's done. That's At least fine. give him a couple weeks. Let him make a fool of himself. So, then you can go to Nick Foles. So at that, so you know, clearly Brandon, so clearly Brandon doesn't listen to our show, Michael. Uh, the Win Daily Show, not the live stream, the one on Sirius, because our we had like man. five. We had like five top bets, and one of them was Mitch Trubisky starts Week One plus two hundred because of mm, what Mike nice. because. Because they invested so much in that draft pick, and they look so bad. So it was just like, we don't want to quite close like the last page of the book quite yet. Let's just like make sense. put him out there for a couple of weeks. And now we can justify like shutting him down forever if we've given him that last chance, and he clearly hasn't grown, which, by the way, he hasn't, obviously. So, no, it'll be Foles. It'll be Foles' offense, I'm guessing, in like two to three weeks, maybe. I will say, I will say just to defend myself, I actually think that's a, that was great reasoning. 
And if I heard that, I definitely would have bought into it. But one reason that I thought that they might have went with Foles is because I thought this division was more open this season than everyone else did because you had the Vikings losing their three starting corners. They lost Everson Griffin. And then you had the Lions lose Darius Slay. And, I mean, they're the Lions. And also um, Matt Stafford's coming off of a back injury, I think it was. And then you had the Packers who way outperformed compared to, like, expected stats, how they should have played. And they were really not a 13-win team. The stat book says it, but they were more of a 9-10 win team. So I thought with the defense that they had, if they just put Foles out from the beginning, they actually had a legit shot of winning the division. So that was part of the reason why I thought they were going to start Foles. But he wins some, lose some. That is a good reason, too. But um, sorry, bud. Uh, Moving on to the next game. Let's go down to the AFC South, everybody's favorite division. I'm surprised this isn't the Thursday night game. Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> Tennessee is favored by nine. I actually saw it at like 10, I think, earlier today. Maybe the line moved a little bit because of that Minshew magic. Uh, over under 42 and a half. I'm going to say it now. Just take the under because the AFC South games suck. But <laughs> how do you feel about this game, Sia? And then I'm excited for you to be wrong so Brandon and I can talk about how great Gardner Minshew is. Um, Actually, I think I'm going to agree with you guys. Oh, I think on. I like this. the fact? It's a close call, but I think I just <laughs> too many points. It, it, the, yeah. You know, the Titans aren't so far superior to justify a nine-point line, so I'll go with the Jags. Yeah, me too. How do you feel about it, Brandon? Same. Uh, I would say that Derrick Henry's probably going to be a really good DFS play, though. Oh, he always yeah. does good against the Jags. I love Minshew for the long term. I was one of the highest people that, at least that I noticed in terms of like fantasy guys. Uh, on Minshew for the season, but I think this is going to be a rough game for him, so I'm not going to start him this week. But I do think that um, the Titans being favored by that much is way too much. Totally agree. Uh, Derrick Henry smashes the Jags, especially the last couple times out. I think he has something close to like 450 yards against them, I think just like last season alone. So, uh, And our good friend E-Tip, E-Tip 11, all over the Jags. All you need to do, The man, question is, is which one? In. Which Which what? I'm sorry. Which Which Jag? That's the question uh, this week. Because uh, uh, <laughs> they're not all going to do good. Uh, Maybe one person goes off, but... No. No, I don't think any of them really go off. I just don't think they lose by nine points. I think oh, that's definitely about not. it there. Uh, so, yeah, let's let's all take the Jags. This is starting to get boring, guys. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> let's go to the Washington Football Club traveling out to hot Arizona. Arizona favored by six and a half in most places, it looks like. And you can get that over under... 47 and a half you can get it lower if you want 46 and a half if you can take the over uh sia talk to me about this washington football club how do you feel uh, i mean that offensive line or that defensive line is going to have a little bit more difficult of a time this week i mean it's not going to be just some bad quarterback standing back there taking sack after sack after sack Ouch. after sack after sack sorry philadelphia eagles sack fan sack but i digress sia how do you feel about it um i think zone is going to cover I, I i really respect the front seven for washington but the, the problem is when you have a mobile quarterback, and we saw last week how much he scrambled, mm-hmm. he's going to find pockets to A, find time, or B, just break the pocket and run. And when you have the receiver threats that he has, both in the backfield and the actual receiver core, I just don't see the back end holding up. The, the real problem with Washington is, is any quarterback that is going to be able to buy an extra like two seconds or three seconds just by shifting the pocket 
is going to feast on Washington. And the way DeAndre Hopkins looked last week and some of those other receivers, I mean, Drake didn't look that great, but I just think it's going to be too much for Washington uh, over four quarters. And, you know, Haskins wasn't really that impressive. Washington didn't throw the ball a ton. Um, They didn't really get Gibson involved a ton, so they didn't really use their dynamic threats. McLaurin was kind of average. Um, as far as a, just a sneaky DFS play or a pickup on the waiver wire, I kind of think Logan Thomas is. is Dang a- it, man. You're taking all oh, my stuff. I'm so sorry. <laughs> all right, well, Brandon, I'll kick it to you. Go. All right. uh, there's nothing to kick over here. You just said everything. <laughs> that was easy. Yeah, I, uh, I think <laughs> Kyler, I Murray is gonna be, Kyler Murray is going to be a lot of fun to watch, I think, all season. Um, I think it is awesome what uh, the Washington Football Club did to the Philadelphia Eagles last week. That was incredible. I loved every second of it. And, yeah, I think Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins is just an animal, uh, just an absolute Best receiver in the league. It's insane. Like, it is insane what he did, and I respect it. And, yeah, Michael Thomas hurt now, so I guess you can kind of say that and really – Nah, he was already the best receiver in the league. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Devontae Adams was always better than Michael Thomas. Is, was, always – especially from a fantasy standpoint. I, I mean, that's uh, just from an A dot standpoint, averaged up the target. Like there, there's no way I would have drafted Michael Thomas over Devontae Adams this year. And I've, I've said that, I don't know how many times. So I actually think, I actually think it's probably Hopkins, even though I didn't love him in fantasy this year. And then I think it's Devontae. And I think Michael Thomas is somewhere in that top five, but. are you, So when I said best receiver in the league, I don't know if you guys thought I meant fantasy, but I just meant in the NFL. Really? No, yeah. I know what you meant. Yeah. All no, right, I just it. making sure. Because yeah. he's not he's not gonna be the wide receiver one. But I want right. him to have fifteen catches for 150 yards every game. I think that's a lot oh, yeah, that's a too. fun stat. That's, that's great for my area. Kyler shares too. That too, that doesn't hurt. Yeah, I think Kyler had twenty-six completions and fifteen of them went to DeAndre Hopkins, fourteen of them. So uh, very clear who the wide receiver one is. Granted, it doesn't hurt because Christian Turk is terrible and Larry Fitzgerald is one. What million. did you just say? Christian Kirk is terrible. No. No, I, w- no. I want to hear Brandon's opinion on Christian Kirk yeah. because I think he's one of those names that like people have heard and thought he'd pop by now, but but clearly he has. hasn't. So yeah. so Brandon, what do you think? So um correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he actually had Sherman on him quite a bit last game and also i'm not overreacting to one week if you're looking at i'm like overreacting last season to three and his, years so okay I'm here's the thing Here, here's the thing then last year he was playing all season all season with an injury and he was their wide receiver one if you look at target share he had 25 percent target share uh larry fitzgerald had 23 so he was their wide receiver one and he was playing hurt so he's not only playing the best coverage but he's not at 100 percent. this year he's playing number twos or he will be in most games and he's supposedly supposed to be fully healthy I think he's going to have a bounce back. And a lot of people were asking me this week. I probably got like 15 different DMs asking if they should drop Christian Kirk. And it was for good players. And I struggled on that question because I really think Kirk is going to bounce back. Christian I could Kirk see that. Apologize. I've never the heard volume of by which Michael, the volume by which they throw, particularly because they have a bad defense, it's not going to be every game that, that DeAndre has 16 targets and 14 catches. No just, way. Yeah, no way. So that they do have a lot of young receivers that might suck up some target share, but like Christian Kirk would be that wide receiver too for them because it's it's not Larry. So I, I no. get the I get the take. I get it, but I don't know. I haven't seen anything from him, and you know, Larry, it turns out Richard Sherman was hurt at least part of the game last week. Now, granted, I don't know what part of the game he got hurt. He's on the IL right now. It's not the IL. What is it? The <laughs> IR. IR. A little too much baseball for me, but. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Christian Kirk hasn't done anything in two plus years in the NFL. Uh, I, I totally believe your statistics. He was pretty good. He was pretty good his rookie year with Trash Rosen throwing the ball. So okay, so that's true. We'll give him. We'll 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 lend him that year. Obviously, then you have a rookie in Kyler Murray, as you said, he was hurt. We'll see what happens. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna so, respectfully Michael, disagree with you. Digress. You're leaning on the stats, Michael, and I just want—I want to let you know because I, I do have the experience. A lot of these people listening in probably know my my track record, but being successful in fantasy, in particular, is about projecting, not leaning on past stats. So you can you can be over there on your high horse and lean on some of the bad stats, but he is in a nice situation. Yeah, that's right. I went high horse on you, buddy. Yeah, I mean, geez, I didn't know I was so high tonight. My apologies, Sia. Let yeah. me step down from this castle that I reside. <laughs> apology in. accepted. Um, Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you. I don't know. Uh, that, that's a fun one. Let's let's see uh, what the, the rest of the uh, year holds. Brandon, maybe we'll bring you on in a couple weeks after you tell everybody to eventually drop Christian Kirk. Let's move on to these four <laughs> o'clock games. Oh, no, we're on the 420 games. We have Baltimore in Houston. Uh, looks like Baltimore's favored by seven, and that over-under is at 51 and a half. After seeing what the Chiefs did to the uh, Texans last week, um, Seven seems like a small number, so I'm a little worried about that one as well. See, I talk to me. Yeah, this one's probably a stay away, but but you know, obviously, I want to pick every game here, so I I will pick Baltimore because if Ceh can do that against this defensive line and these linebackers, I mean, the running game for Baltimore is so much more dynamic and. It's not just going to be like the CEH type runner, which which would be the equivalent of like Mark Ingram. It'll be J.K. Dobbins, maybe maybe Gus Edwards. And by the way, you know, CEH runs a four six forty. Like they've got some like track stars, including Lamar Jackson on Baltimore. So I just think again, over four quarters, I just don't see Houston holding up. I think they might hit up the defense a little bit, but I mean this this is one of those games that might now I'm trying to convince myself here might kind of get out of hand like a 38 to like you know 23 six. game or something like that <laughs> six so I don't yeah, know we so saw last week with the Browns I mean I know the Texans aren't that bad but it is pretty crazy Brandon how do you feel about this game I, I agree with you and I'll tell you exactly why the Baltimore Ravens defense sometimes I like to to look at things in a different way the, the Baltimore Ravens defense is always practicing against Lamar Jackson they know or should know and they're already good defense. How to defend a quarterback that can run. And here's the thing that I noticed with Deshaun Watson. And, I mean, he's kind of had it over his career, but I feel like it was way worse in that Chiefs game. Maybe it was, you know, the first game back. Or maybe it was the fact that he didn't have DeAndre Hopkins. But every single time he left the pocket, where were his eyes? Down. He was never looking up. There were so many times I saw Duke Johnson just leak out wide open. Will Fuller was open. And he doesn't see them. He was so worried about just not getting tackled and getting that extra yard, the Ravens are not going to let him run on them. I don't think they will. I think that they know that if they can just stop him from running, there's no way, no way that the Texans go out this game. So I'm staying away from that game, but if I had to bet, I would bet that the Ravens cover, and I would also um, kind of stay away from Deshaun Watson if I can. I know most people that drafted him, drafted him high, they don't have that luxury. But if they have somebody... Um, trying to think of a, a later quarterback that you could have got, like a Minshew or something, and you want to take a chance, I wouldn't mind sitting Watson because he might get destroyed this week. Give me more Minshew. I also, I actually probably would say don't play Minshew in a uh, AFC South game, yeah. but I, I understand Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow. There's yeah, there, there we go. go. That's a fun one. Um, in terms of DFS, that's a, that is good. In terms of DFS, Brandon, how are you looking at this game? Is there any stack? Are you are you going to hope for garbage time on either side, either running the ball with the Ravens or, or throwing the ball with the Titans? Or I'm sorry, um, Texans? 
I'm definitely staying away from David Johnson. I'm staying away from the Ravens running backs. Marquise Brown, I don't like relying on hyper-efficiency with low targets. Um, so honestly, the only person I would take a shot at is Will Fuller, just because like we know he's going to get a lot of targets. But honestly, I'm staying away from that game completely. And this just in, Will Fuller's, both his hamstrings just exploded. So maybe you want to <laughs> stay away from Will Fuller there as well. Um, our last uh, midday Thursday game, 425 here on the East Coast. We have Kansas City going to Los Angeles. You can find this game at either minus nine or minus eight and a half for the Chiefs. Over under kind of low, uh, weirdly low, maybe 47 and a half. Maybe that's just because they don't think the Chargers are capable of scoring. Sia, how do you feel about this game? So before I get to that game, I was a little disappointed when the Ravens were blowing out the Browns that RG3 didn't get some run. They were up like 32 points. Did he he get in the game? He got a throw and I think nine yards and then he had the kneel down at the end. How do you not watch your favorite player? See, what are you doing, man? You got to interview the guy. Michael, it was the witching hour. Uh, Brandon, did you catch the RG3 interview? Yes, I did. It was a good one. And I liked it. It was was actually cool. He's a a great guy. Could could have been better. Not going to say why, but um, it was great. It was a lot of fun. I, I enjoyed sitting in the background for that one. See, uh, what, how do you feel about this game? Okay, so Kansas City. Oh, okay, the Chargers. I said this before. I've gotten talked into drafting Tyrod Taylor in a 2QB league thanks to people I don't feel like. <laughs> you can say right it. Now. You can say it. It's good. Brandon and my, my friend Seth at Seth Jack, Seth Marks, because that's his what? name. And this is the week, though. This is the week. We're going to see. We're going to see this week. Actually, okay, that, that's fair because, again, a one-week sample size is, is ridiculous. But he just looked so bad. I mean, you know, he's going to have I a lot of why. here. Say it again. I said, I don't know why. I mean, he, he was so much better in the past, and I thought he's not, like, at the point where he should be, like, regressing. So I thought for sure he was going to look like what he used to. I just don't think he's a guy that goes through his progressions. I mean, he's going to decide to throw long to Mike Williams. He's going to throw an intermediate route to Keenan Allen. But if that's not there, like, I just feel like he buckles and it's not good. I will he say. He also didn't run the ball, though, which is really that's weird. true. If he starts running the ball, that, that would open up everything. It makes everything easier. That's what he really yeah. needs to do. He, they need to, like, give him some scripted runs. And Eckler didn't have a lot of targets. And nope. I'm just wondering, like, this is how many times do we have to say, like, Anthony Lynn, like, what is this guy doing? doing like why is he still coaching I, I hate to be like that guy but like there's no evidence that anthony lynn does anything net positive wise for his teams i mean whether it's in-game coaching or acquisitions because they could have gotten cam by the way or Jameis winston in the offseason and not drafted herbert and maybe gotten you know a, a a top 10 defensive lineman or offensive lineman in the draft so i just i think this game is really going to get out of hand i'm actually surprised it's not like 10 and a half i think it's going to move up to 10 by sunday in all honesty I think Chargers' defensive line is pretty damn good. Um, That's true. Obviously, Joey Bosa, they have Melvin Ingram. They drafted Jerry Tillery out of Notre Dame. We saw all of them, I think, get a sack last week. Uh, Granted, again, it was against Joe Burrow. He's still mobile. You know, we can see what he does. Still good defensive line, but I I hate to agree with you again, only because it's starting to get boring, as I said. But I think the Chiefs just throttle them. I don't think it's going to be close. How about you, Brandon? Um, In terms of the lines, I'm staying away from the game just because I wouldn't be surprised if – this is like a, another Clyde 25-carry game in the fourth quarter because the Chiefs get up early, and then the Chargers are actually playing catch-up and actually get somewhat close. Um, but, you know, the Chiefs have nothing to worry about. They're the Chiefs. Like, <laughs> they're, they're definitely going to pull out this win. But, um, I yeah, that's, that's a game I'm staying away from in terms of betting. Anything DFS? Um, yes. So, <laughs> I know, I know, see, ya, you're not going to like it, <laughs> but... In DFS, I'm going back to the well. I'm going back to Tyrod. Especially, he, 
he's going to be cheaper now, especially because of how bad he was last week. And if Lynn just gets him to run the ball or gets him to check down to Eckler, either of those two things, it'll open up the rest of the passing game and it'll keep them on the field longer, longer sustained drives, more plays, more opportunities at fantasy points. That's why I like Tyrod. If you want to be, you know, contrarian, because I doubt anybody's going to be playing Tyrod. So you can go that way. And then one of the guys between Hunter Henry and Mike Williams, I'm not so much into Keenan Allen, but I haven't been. Mike Williams or Hunter Henry, one of them is going to have a great day. So if you want to take your shot, your 50-50 coin flip at one of those guys, I don't blame it at all. Especially, like, for me, I would go Hunter Henry because, you know, I think the Chiefs have a, a better defense in terms of defending wide receivers than they will to, to match up against Hunter Henry. And Charles Clay was not a good tight end in Buffalo. And the three years Tyrod was there, Charles Clay was always fantasy relevant. Like you could always just slip him in, kind of like Jason Witten was last year. Um, you could just slip him in, you know, and he would get you like a safe eight points. Sometimes he'll get you 12, 13. And Hunter Henry's way better than that. And Tyrod likes his tight ends. So I, I would lean, if I had to take that coin flip, I would say Hunter Henry. And we're leaving, so uh, our friend Etip likes the like the Chargers looks like his his next comment though is is actually sort of stealing my thunder because I was gonna say this is the first time maybe ever that the Chargers this is the closest they've had to a home field advantage with no fans in the stand I'm like you actually realize that right they are actually at an advantage playing at home with no fans and it's the only team in the NFL that's like that so I mean I just think that's an interesting like you know fun take to have but True. Uh, again it's that I feel like the Chiefs run away with this one. It is weird. Yeah, I, I think the Chiefs win, but I respect um I respect Etip and his uh his his thorough knowledge. Um all right, let's get to this late night game. We got two left. We have the Sunday night and the Monday night. We have New England traveling all the way out to Seattle. Um I will say hopefully everyone out there is doing all right as we know there's some wildfires and we actually had a Mariners game canceled um earlier this week, which is pretty unfortunate. So that means the air quality is not great. We know a lot of shit's going on over there. So Hopefully everyone is doing just fine out there, but of course the NFL is going to play. They don't care about anything. Seattle is favored in most places by four. You can get it at three and a half over under of 45. If you're feeling sneaky, uh, money line for New England is 171 plus 171. Sia, four points. It's a little too much for me. How do you feel about it? So because in the spirit of not having Brandon go second every time and, and, and potentially oh. agreeing with me, I'm actually going to kick Brandon. this to Brandon first. Okay, it's funny because this might be the one we disagree on, actually. Um, so I part of the, one of the things I always talk about in my podcast is I don't know if you guys have ever played um, a survivor pool. You guys know what that is? Absolutely. You pick like that. So um, my survivor pick this week because I like send like keeping the best teams for later on. I don't want to waste the 49ers or the Chiefs or the Ravens. Last uh, last week it was the the Chargers. Skin of the teeth made it through, and then <laughs> this week I'm going to Seattle because. I think Seattle is one of those teams that always plays up or down to their level of competition. They're going against Belichick and the Patriots, just the brand itself. They're going to play up and they're going to play as well as they can. And I think they match up perfectly with this team because Cam Newton is not a guy that's going to win the game throwing the ball. The only way that the Patriots are going to stack wins this year is through defense. So obviously stopping the offense, which is very hard to stop Seattle, especially, especially if Pete Carroll is all of a sudden letting Russell just let it rip and not running it 60% of the time. So there's that. And also the fact that Seattle just got uh, Jamal Adams. He's really going to help in terms of Mm -hmm. stopping Cam Newton. He's a great tackler. He comes down in the box. 
And I think they're just perfectly matched up to, to stop that offense from scoring points. I wouldn't be surprised if this game is, hits the under and Seattle just wins like 14-3. to three. Like, I would be surprised if the Patriots get more than two touchdowns. And so I'm going Seattle because I think they're a team that can lose surprising games. But this is a game where they're playing somebody that's really good. They're going to come to play. They're going to come with, you know, fire, motivation, whatever you want to say. So I'm taking Seattle as my survivor pick this week. And I'll take them on the spread as well. That is an interesting pick. The only word you missed on bingo was dynamic. That's the only word you missed in the, uh, <laughs> the NFL media tropes. Um, but no, I uh, I love all that reasoning. I do think... New England covers, but how cool is it to watch Jamal Adams be utilized in like a correct a proper fashion? way? <laughs> it was incredible watching him last week. He was all over the field doing everything. He got sacks. He had 11 tackles. Dude was insane. It's really cool when he goes to a team that's, you know, run. Uh, Sia, how do you feel about this game? Um, finally, I, I strongly, uh, vociferously, in fact, agree, actually. I agree. <laughs> with oh, because, what? No yeah. way. Sorry. Um, listen, so the Patriots, I think, will be able to establish the run against Seattle, but I just don't think it's going to be effective over the course of a game in terms of scoring points. And I think the the Pats defense is going to get exposed by Russell Wilson because he's just really that good. And by the way, Lockett and Metcalf, were, along with Carson, were really, really good last week, and I, I think that's going to continue. Listen, the, I like the undercall. So the Patriots were, were the team last week that ran the ball more than any other team. They literally ran 70% of their plays were runs. Insane. So it's going to be it's going to be like a lot of Sony Michelle, maybe a little bit of James White. I don't wow. think Cam's going to run quite as much because that's not sustainable. It's it's like borderline dangerous to have him running design <laughs> runs that many times. So I don't think that's going to happen. He'll he'll pick his spots, but this is going to be and this will be the Patriots strategy. It makes sense, right? Because they can't keep up with that offense. So what they're going to try to do is hang on to the ball, you know, obviously win the 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 time of possession game, but Four is kind of a lot of points, but I just think Seattle is in this zone. I didn't expect them to be in a zone like this. I think the not I I still think the Niners are going to win the division, but but that's kind of me saying that because that was my call before the season started. So uh, no, I think this is a seven point game, maybe a ten point game. I think it's a backdoor cover. I think New England. I think it is relatively you know two scores most of the game. New England scores a late touchdown. And Seattle just sits on the ball to run it out. I do like this comment. E tip. It looks like we're going to have to get you on the show soon. Brandon, I think you're doing great, but it's fun to run through everything. Can't forget how many Pats players opted out due to COVID. For I think sure. that is a great, great point, and I think the it Seattle is. offense is uh, absolutely fantastic. What do you guys see? So, so just so you know, um, Brandon and Tipton were the two guys I talked to about coming onto the show. This is we- this yeah. is weeks ago. So absolutely, Tipton's going to be on the show. And Brandon, if you don't mind, you're, you're definitely coming on the show again if, if you're up for it. And we'll I love it. Same exercise. This is great. Hope, hope you're awesome. having fun. Hopefully, we eventually disagree on some stuff. But we have one. Or actually, Brandon, one last thing. Um, how do you feel about a little Seattle stack? I feel like we're going to be fading New England in most situations, unless you're playing Cam to get those rushing touchdowns, a couple passing yards, maybe a passing yard, maybe a passing touchdown yeah. every once in a while. But as we saw last week, uh, Sticks picks. He one of his favorite stacks was Seattle and even going with Russell Wilson and Chris Carson to get that opportunity to catch a couple touchdowns, which he made a boatload of money for it good for him how do you feel about this game in uh, in terms of dfs um i'm staying away from it honestly because i mean they still have stefan gilmore talking about the patriots mm-hmm. and i think his name is jc jackson isn't that their other their corner he's he's done pretty well um so i mean i'm not really excited for tyler Lockett or dk metcalf but i think that just the talent of that seattle offense is definitely going to overpower the the patriots defense but in terms of like we were just talking about 
you know, what you said, it's, it could easily be an under game. It could be, you know, Patriots are just holding the ball. Seattle's holding the ball. Like, it, it could be a game where there's almost no fantasy points to go around. So I'm staying away from this game completely. Good call. And I have a quick question, too. Did we already talk about the Saints and Raiders? Because if we did, nope. I missed something. Okay. No, that's just Monday night game. Yeah, that's the Monday night game. That's the last one. I'm just going in order. Sorry. Sorry for hey. your No, no, you're good. You're good. Sorry, no, Two line. things. Before we get to that game, so one, we keep mentioning six picks. Um, Brandon, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he's basically the guy that generates our projection models and things of that nature. He also has this different model that he came up with that um, kind of picks out props, and he went back many, many years to kind of come up with this model. It's it's crazy. I don't want to get into it, but that is for our our Win Daily subscribers, and it's you know it was very profitable week one, and hopefully it will be the next right. sixteen weeks as well. He's the normal guy on this show when we don't bring on guests like yourself. But I just plugged Win Daily. But Brandon, you mentioned your podcast and your website because. I've listened to your podcast before, but can you tell everybody like how to find that? Yeah, for sure. Um, I appreciate, you know, letting me talk about it. It's deep dive fantasy football. You just type that in anywhere that you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, you know, whatever the case may be, you'll find it. And yeah, I, right now we're in season. So I am talking about usually like I'm going over the games, things that we learned. A lot of things that I like to talk about is like situations to monitor. What are things that are going to help us project the future in terms of fantasy for the rest of the season? So I talk about a, a bunch of stuff. It's just me and I'm just, you know, basically just saying my thoughts. So check that out. And then I also have um, a website, deepdivefantasyfootball.com. It, it kind of uh, is unfortunate that the season has already started because one of my favorite things and like the most popular thing on the website is free draft sheets. But if you remember this till, you know, the next off season, I put my free draft sheets with my statistical projections for every single player over 250 players. I think I was at like 262 this year and uh, you can just download it for free. You can even edit it yourself. Um, and it has all the equations built for you. It has uh, things like VORP, value over replacement player, which helps you make cross-positional decisions, like should I take a wide receiver or running back right now? Um, and then consistency has a bunch of stuff. So that that's basically impressive. what I got. That yeah. is impressive. And Don't then, worry. We'll have you on again, so you can you can plug that towards the end of the season as well. And we'll do this at the end of the show too, but but what's your handle on Twitter? Uh, deep Dive FF, all lowercase. Love awesome. It. Yeah, okay. We'll get that again. And yes, as Sia said... Um, Nick's uh, prop model is fantastic. So we're not going to go over any of that. That is for our subscribers. So make sure you go to windailysports.com. If you want free seven days to hang out in the chat with us, windailysports.com backslash chat. You get to hang out in our expert chat. C is going to give you all the winners for the PGA, uh, the US Open that's coming up, all the matchup bets. You win all of those, and then you can pay for your subscription for probably a year, depending on what your units look like. Uh, For (laughs) me, it would be a couple months. But hey, we're all different, and that's what matters most. We're here to have a good time. We're here to have some fun. So let's go on to this last game we are talking the new orleans saints traveling out to las vegas it's going to be so much fun seeing the opening up of this stadium and that's that's about it i guess we're going to see it's a roomba it's a death star it's going to be fun we're going to have some memes looks it's like you can get, it kind of looks like a roomba check it out it next time. It definitely looks like a roomba um consensus it looks like saints by five and a half uh you can get it at six in some places if you want to take the veritas uh las vegas i'm going to gonna have to get used to that one um and then the over under is a little different you can get at 49 49 and a half 50 50 and a half in a couple different places so depending on what you like there make sure to shop your lines people that's how we actually win money see ya. talk to me a little bit about this game how are you feeling about that line do you think the saints smash as they did last week 
Not really. Uh, this is going to be much like the New England Seattle game. This is probably not going to be a game that's going to be in that like core three or four that that we're we're going to talk about Sunday morning for the subscribers. This one's just a tough line. I, I don't really. I think Las Vegas. You know, Dave, we talked to David Meltzer on the, on the serious show, and he's really big on the Las Vegas Raiders this year, and he, he has a lot of that inside information that we just kind of don't have. I mean, just simply looking at the rosters. I don't really love the Raiders, but I do. I would agree with the notion that Derek Carr is maybe a little underrated and maybe gets a little bit too much heat when he doesn't deserve it. I absolutely think Josh Jacobs is a top five or six running back in the league, um, at least a top seven or eight running back in the league, and he flashed last week three touchdowns. Um, the receivers are pretty good. Brian Edwards is kind of under the radar. I just think five and a half is a little bit too much, especially if Michael Thomas is not playing. If Michael Thomas plays, I, I change my analysis. But with Emmanuel Sanders as, as your potential top target with a Traquan Smith and Alvin Kamara, who sometimes disappears and sometimes doesn't disappear, um, I think five and a half is probably a little bit too much. I like that. And our comment from ETIP, Emmanuel Sanders, big game, question mark. And then I like this one even more. Breeze, home road splits, automatic. Brandon, how do you feel about this game coming up? Before, before oh, Brandon, sorry, Brandon. I want to ask Brandon this, though, because that's true about the home road splits, but is that baked into the line? And so we have to kind of consider if that's if, if the, the line is up a point or a half a point because Breeze is so good at home. Brandon, go ahead. Um, so I I wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders just outright win this game, actually. Um, the Saints surprised. usually. So here, here's the thing with the Saints and they're in my division. So like I usually pay close attention to them. They usually start the season really bad. Like, they almost, I don't know if you guys remember um, when Tyrod was with Cleveland, but they yep. almost lost that game to Cleveland. It was a missed field goal. That was week two, I think, or week one. And the Bucks have beat the Saints, like, twice in the past three or five years mm-hmm. in the first two weeks. Like, they, they lose a lot of games in the first, like, two, three weeks. I think they're just a team that takes a little bit to get started. And now with Michael Thomas out, and the fact that the reason that they were able to control the ball and just dominate the Bucks, I mean, I hate saying that, but they basically dominated us, was because of the offensive line. Donovan Smith was getting beat every single play. And then Tristan Wirfs, actually, he held up pretty good, especially with Gronk helping him out. But our offensive line was the biggest weakness. The Raiders have a actually sneaky good O-line, so I think that that's going to help them out a lot. And then Darren Waller matches up pretty well henry Roggs has the speed that if he's healthy if you know his injury last week wasn't too bad if they put like Lattimore on rugs that's going to be a mismatch in the raiders favor because Lattimore, the one thing he struggles with is speedy guys um at least from what i've seen so i wouldn't be surprised if the raiders win this so i'm definitely not betting in the saints favor and in terms of dfs plays there's one that sticks out to me and you know it might be emmanuel sanders it might be jared cook it might be both but i'm leaning jared cook because you know, he already got a decent amount of targets versus the Bucks. The Raiders linebacker court is not great. And I love the, like, some people laugh at stuff like this. And I, I get it, but I think it's a real thing because a, a lot of, like, oh, wait. The thing that, wait, wait. What, you think, are you, you know what I'm going narr- to say? Are you building a narrative you, right now? You, yeah, you know what I'm going to say. Yeah, gonna here we go. I'll, I'll I love narrative account. building. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right so, one of the biggest things going into sports is motivation. Who, which player is going to have the biggest motivation in this game? It's Jared Cook. Are you kidding? Like, they, they just, like, let him just go. Like, like as if he was nothing, the Raiders. And now they have a new tight end in town, Darren Waller. Oh, Darren Waller's so good. That's going to piss Jared Cook off. And he wants to show them, y'all kept the wrong tight end. Well, technically, Waller wasn't there at the time. But, you know, 
he, I think he's going to have a lot of motivation. He has a huge opportunity with Michael Thomas out. And I think Jared Cook is not only one of the safest, but one of the heaviest upside plays that you can have at the tight end position in, in DFS. And if you're like stacking money everywhere else, I wouldn't mind like, and you know, there's like so many different lineups. Some lineups have like, you might want to throw in two tight ends or something. I like Logan Thomas a lot, but Jared Cook is my absolute favorite DFS play at the tight end position. Yeah, so like Cook had seven targets last <laughs> week. He had five catches. He had 80 yards. And one of the one of the drops, if you will, was kind of a touchy pass. I'm not sure if he 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 should have caught it, but was it was a touchdown pass. So I mean he's definitely and by the way, as far as the narrative building, there is a hundred percent chance that Jared Cook and Drew Brees have talked about him being a, a former Raider and him wanting to get back at his team, whether that's this week or in the offseason. So, I mean, I, I absolutely think Drew Brees is going to look at him, maybe give him a second look uh, in this particular game. I, I, there's narratives that are bad and there are narratives that are good. I think this one actually is is worth a little something. But we all love narratives. We all love them as sports fans, let's be honest. So, gentlemen, that was absolutely fantastic. We went through every single game. We gave you picks for all of them. Of course, again, make sure to watch out at WindailySports.com. That's where we will figure out us, we, Sia, and I. I apologize, Brandon, maybe one of these days, but we'll we'll get to that later. Uh, That's where we're going to give our official picks. Um, We're going to make sure that we're only giving you a few ones that we really do believe in. Again, make sure to be on the lookout for Nick's 80 model. He's going to have some player props that we are absolutely going to crush as we did last week. Uh, I know we were profitable. I don't remember it off the top of my head, but I'm confident we were a few units positive, which is always a good thing. And it's a, it's a lot of fun. Player props are the best, man. They're just so much fun to talk about. What do you guys see? They are fun. The only time they're not fun is when Marlon Mack tears his Achilles. And nice. not, only, not only cost me a player prop, but thousands of dollars mm-hmm. in a single entry, a $12 yeah. single entry that I would have finished in first place in for $5,000. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah so that really was uh like I'm like I didn't I'm not the one that tore my Achilles, so I understand that, but like yeah. that hurts. I did want to say though, Michael, we also have the Sirius XM show on Fantasy Sports yep. Channel eleven to one, and that is exclusively I know that is but but not you know, I'm I like You're to good. hear myself talk, Michael. I know, I know. Um that is exclusively a DFS show, DraftKings and FanDuel. So we will be talking about DFS Saturday night fantasy sports channel eleven to one. And then Michael, you and Jason Mizrahi have the throwdown showdown to tell everybody what that is. Yes, throwdown showdown. We tape that early Monday morning. Um, so I gotta get up, I gotta get my energy rolling. You can find that on Sirius XM on demand, and you can listen to it at any point of the day that you want. We go over two segments, we go over the game, we give you showdown slates for the Monday night game. We go over FanDuel, we go over DraftKings, we go over prices, we go over everything. So that way you can enjoy. So anybody that has Sirius XM. Go on demand, search Showdown, and you can listen to my fantastic voice whenever you would like. <laughs> but getting back to whatever the hell I was talking about before, make sure to check out the 80 model. We're going to have a lot of content coming out for football as we have. We've been smashing. We've been winning a lot of money. Jason just won $25,000 this past weekend using this 80 model. That sounds ambiguous, but don't worry. By week like 10, a lot of people are going to be on us because we're going to be winning way more money than everyone else. I think that part's kind of fun. Uh, We're going to have cash games. We're going to have DFS games. Nick and I are doing another show on Friday, a podcast only that you'll be able to listen to all weekend. So you can get your best DFS plays, best fantasy plays. Then Nick will be doing with another member of the Wind Daily Sports team. Not sure yet who. He's doing a Sunday morning live show, 11 o'clock, leading you up to about 12, 1230 to allow you to have all the information you need. Uh, We love Nick. We appreciate everything he does and appreciate the hell out of him. But Brandon, one more time, give us your handles. Give us where we can find your podcast, your website. We appreciate you coming on, man. This was a blast. Next time, I'm going to need more controversy, but this time, you know, we'll give it to you this first time. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter. My fantasy account is DeepDiveFF. 
Instagram, where I actually just eclipsed 10,000 followers not so long ago, is Deep Dive Fantasy Football, whole thing written out. And then the website is deepdivefantasyfootball.com. And yeah, that's that's basically it. Appreciate what a show you. off. Did you hear that? <laughs> I, I, I feel like... <laughs> Okay, I, I had to say it because you look at my Twitter and um, like I'm at like, I don't know, like 3,500 or something, but it looks like I've been on Twitter for like eight years, but that used to be my old personal account. So really, I've only been active for like a year. So I feel like people, you know, they might be like, oh, eight years, you know, where's he at? I just wanted to say, hey, Instagram's a lot better. Find him on Instagram. I deleted my first Twitter account because I don't know what I said when I was 14 years old and I didn't want to look and check. I straight up deleted it just in case. See ya. Where can everybody find you on the internet? Uh, at Sia Najad. I'm actually not on Instagram yet because I, does that mean I'm old? Like I don't, I don't really yes. understand the implications of that necessarily. Yeah. Okay. In that case, I'm going to start an IG account. I'll have Michael, can you do one for me? Is that yeah. a thing? <laughs> Maybe I can hire somebody like it, like you one can. of those like Viber or something. Okay, cool. And uh, on Twitter, it's uh, it's at Sia Najad. That's S-I-A-N-E-J-A-D. And by the way, we put all of these live streams on our podcast. So when you're mm-hmm. downloading Deep Dive FF, make sure if you haven't already that you're also downloading at the Apple Store, Spotify, whatever it is iHeart um win daily um just type that in whether it's whether it's on Sirius XM app to listen to our show or whether it's downloading the podcast you type in win daily or whether it's YouTube and you'll find us right away you'll find us everywhere that's the goal you can find me at Michael Brazil one make sure to find us at win daily sports on Twitter win sports.com again win sports.com backslash chat you get to hang out in the chat with everybody ask us all your questions make a bunch of money and then you can pay for your subscription after that. For Brandon, our good friend, our new friend, uh, for CF, for everybody here on the Wind Daily Sports family, for myself, we hope you make it a very profitable NFL Week 2.